show. It is Conference Championship Week. There's so much football to talk about. My name is Harrison Heller. I'm here with co-host Seth Enzer. Before we talk football, Seth, how are we feeling? Uh, we both just got to watch the United States uh, beat Iran to advance to the round of 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I am currently down with the flu, but that's not going to stop the grind. Uh, we had a great time watching the USA game, uh, you know, play the Netherlands on Saturday, but uh, got a lot to talk about until that game comes up, including college football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, again, super excited about all the college football that's going on this weekend, but let's not uh, lose sight that there's also a lot of college basketball. So um, we will be diving into more of that soon, I promise. Um, but, again, it is tough with all all the ways that Vegas drops the line, especially the night before. So it makes it a little bit harder to analyze from a sports betting perspective, but um, sometimes there are some early lines that we can talk to. Uh, So uh, excited for that, but Hey, it's conference championship week. The first one on the slate this Friday is the PAC 12 championship. But speaking of USC, I wanted to ask you the rankings come out tonight. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want your ranking projections for tonight. I want your projections for post conference conference championship weekend. Well, the problem with that is it seems like we have an infinite infinite amount of possibilities. With I mean, mm-hmm. what that was probably one of the craziest last weeks of college football we've had. In oh yeah, a long time. Yeah. Um, Georgia, they're through. No matter what happens against LSU, I think this mm-hmm. LSU team is. Overhyped, weaker than than people made them out to be. Um, but Georgia, regardless, they're through. I have them at one. They're going to win the SEC championship. Michigan is going to be at two. I don't think they'll okay. have any issues in their in the Big Ten Conference Championship. Mm-hmm. So before you continue on with uh, talking about Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. loses this. Do you think they're same with Georgia? They're through regardless. Yeah, I think Michigan. It's the, they're playing for either two or four, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Well, unless they it, as you know, as long as they don't go out there and lose by 30 I, in the yeah, conference championship, yeah. they should be through. Um, and Ohio State is, in my opinion, banking. They need Michigan to win. I think Ohio State gets in. I have them at, at four. Okay. Yeah. So and so I kind of skipped TCU. But TCU, Kansas State's no cupcake, man. I know. I, that game, that's probably the one I'm the most looking forward to, which is kind of surprising. I Just because it has probably the most implications of how mm-hmm. the playoff is going to look. It's does TCU win. Right. Uh, but I have them winning. I think they're going to come out and win. They've had a great season. So I'm I'm going to go Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and then Ohio State. I love that. So that was actually one of mine. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily – at first I didn't have Ohio State in my four, but then I was thinking about it. One of two things need to happen for them to get in, USC to lose or TCU to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in the realm of possibility for one of those things to happen. And we can, we're going to talk about that more, but the odds to win the championship, Georgia minus 175, Michigan plus 300, mm-hmm. USC plus 1200, ECU plus 1400, Ohio state plus 1400. Now that's awesome odds for a team, which inevitably needs just one of these teams to drop. Right. And so, Given that one of those teams drop in Ohio State's four, there, you know, I I understand that Michigan absolutely took it to them, but you know, if we want to hop over on Ohio State side of things, Michigan had five plays that totaled over three hundred yards. So, That's nuts. 
if if Ohio State figures out how to contain three of those plays, maybe, then you know we're looking at a different outcome here. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I do think Ohio State was a little overrated going into this, but I do think that they're still a very well-rounded team that is built to handle maybe a Georgia or, you know, definitely like maybe a TCU team who doesn't necessarily have the defense to, to uphold um, mm-hmm. any of these teams uh, in the, in the playoffs. So plus 1400 odds, man, to win the natty, like, and they were just second in line. Last right. Week. That's so, also something I forgot to say is I, I think Utah is going to be USC in the, the Pac-12. That was something I forgot. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, you know, said that without saying it, but I think right. that Utah is going to be USC. Uh, yeah. So we'll get to that for you. Sorry, that was yeah. just for my top four. But I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, Ohio State's plus 1,400 to win it all, and they were just, <clears> what, <throat> like, plus 300 last week. So mm-hmm. um, that, that's kind of one thing I wanted to bring to the table here uh, and put on y'all's plate. Um, it's there. So 10 bucks, man, get get 140 bucks mm-hmm. if they win it all. That's that's something, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that said, I know you just said you think Utah is going to be USC. First game up Friday night. Utah versus USC. Now these teams played earlier this year, and Utah won forty-three to forty-two in a, that game was a shootout. It was awesome in every which way. It was in Utah, uh, so it was a home game for Utah. Um, and now last year, the previous time Utah and USC played, USC got blown out forty-three to twenty-seven, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so Utah kind of has USC's number right now, and. This game has so much on the line for USC. I think that goes without saying. You know, Caleb Williams, Heisman hopes, obviously USC's playoff chances, everything rides on this game. And so USC wants it all. They have the most to play for here. Um, And I will say it is hard to beat a team twice. Mm -hmm. So Utah has a steep challenge here on a neutral side facing a a USC team, which feels like they've only progressed. how do you feel about this game? Well, one, Utah has kind of been the, the Pac-12 killer. You know, last year, was it Oregon that they just destroyed in the Pac-12 championship, I think? I think in, it was. In what game? In the Pac-12 championship last year. Utah, okay. did they just obliterate Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they did it to them twice. You know, Oregon, that was one of the things backing up my thing is last year, people said the same thing. You know, Oregon, oh, they got killed the first time, but, you know, to beat a team twice is hard. I think that Oregon's going to figure it out. They didn't. Utah went and beat them again. Um, you know, people are saying Utah doesn't have a lot to play for. You know, they're not playing for the playoffs. But if you're a team and you know that you decide someone's fate of whether they're getting in or not, mm-hmm. I that's a reason for me to play, at least, if I were on that football field. Um, I think Utah is going to bring everything they got. and I, I just see them beating USC in the Pac-12 championship. I like that a lot. And I mean, again, this Utah team, they had higher expectations coming into this year. You know, they were mm-hmm. like number seventh in the nation starting the year off. Right. Um, you know, they got knocked down early by Florida. Uh, and so that was a little bit of a letdown. Um, but they have the team to do it. And Cam Rising, uh, dude's a veteran QB who, who balls out. And so um, let's talk about the matchup a little bit. You know, Utah is plus three. And Again, last game, 43-42, and then the year before that, they blew them out. And so 
maybe if this was a little more than a field goal, I'd be more inclined to take USC just for the motivation factor. But um, let's talk about the matchup. So uh, one thing we want to do here, talk about the matchup report and both teams stellar offenses. Awesome on every which way. And now let's talk about defense. We all know Pac-12 defenses don't really live up to the hype. So um, that's, again, this could go way over the total. Uh, could not. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't like to mess around with totals in games like these, even though it feels like it's going to be a shootout. Um, but for Utah to win, there's one thing that they have to do, and that's run the ball. And, you know, USC's success rate against the rush is really bad. Um, it's bottom tier. And so uh, I think if Utah can enable their run game and keep the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands, I think they can do a great job of um, handling this game and minimizing USC's offensive opportunities, which, you know, again, that, that could be momentous for Utah. Um, but the question is, can they do that and can they sustain that? And so um, – that's really the only hole I see uh, for USC. Um, last game against Notre Dame, USC's defense kind of played lights out. Uh, now, they, they still gave up some explosive plays and gave up some points. But in, in terms of for USC standards, their defense was really, really good against a progressing Notre Dame team. So um, I, I look at these metrics in this report here, and the defensive ratings are really down for USC. But – Going off the eye test and what has happened uh, recently, I have to believe that their defense has shown improvement over the past few weeks and might be able to handle this uh, Utah offense that has a lot of seasoned veterans. So from a betting perspective, the minus three USC is hard to take. Um, You know, I want to take the team with the playoff implications. I want to take the team who, who gets a revenge game later in the season. Cause again, like I said, it's so hard to beat a team twice. It's, you know, it's just football. Um, and so I, as much as I want to lay USC uh, minus three, I I'm leaning more Utah plus three and, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, again, this game comes down to like a two point conversion again or something like that. And so, um, I, I, I'm very, uh, very curious on, on how this is going to play out um, from an offensive level, uh, you know, looking at the time of possession specifically, um, because I think that's really where the game's going to be won uh, for either which one of these teams, because both teams are going to be able to score. It's just a matter of how much. Right. Uh, the model has it dead on 37 to 37 pretty much. Um, and so again, this is more of a pick em. Um, I think they're giving, I think Vegas is giving USC the play due to their uh, progressive gameplay, how much they've gotten better over the last few weeks, how much their defense has improved over the last few weeks, and just the fact that they have more on the line and they have the better coach. Um, mm-hmm. So, or at least play caller. Um, so, uh, that's kind of where I stand with that. And it's, you know, I guess given everything that I've seen, I got to take Utah, but my gut also doesn't want to let me do that. But, um, if I were to lay one, I'm taking Utah plus three. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the Pac-12 championship breakdown. Um, we're going to move on to the SEC. 
All right. Georgia versus LSU. We all know what LSU did last week. They just gave up a ugly, ugly win to Texas A&M. Um, now, I do still think this team will be motivated. It's not. I mean, you can say that they were playing for the playoffs, but I don't think they were actually getting in regardless of what happened. I think they would have to beat Georgia and Michigan loses their conference championship game and maybe one more had to have lose or lost. Um, so I, I, I don't think they really had college football playoff hopes anyway. And I think this is, was going to be their uh, championship game regardless. So I think this team is still going to be motivated to come again, come in against Kirby smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, you know, I know Brian Kelly, I said it at the beginning of the year, I wavered on it a little bit, but I came back to it and he proved me right. Brian Kelly is a really good coach. He's going to come ready uh, and he's going to have a game plan for the Bulldogs. But Jaden Daniels is hurt. I, I don't know how much confidence I have in this LSU offense without Jaden Daniels. He runs, he carries this LSU offense, and I, I really don't know what this backup can do um, as he's really young. So uh, if Jalen Daniels is not able to go, I don't really know what to expect, and I'm going to have to play the Georgia points. But mm-hmm. assuming he is, how do you feel about this game? I don't think LSU has a chance. Um, I I do think they'll be motivated, but that, that loss to Texas A&M definitely hurts. Um, kind of like you said, in the back of their minds, like, hey, you know, we win this game, we, we beat Georgia. We need a couple things to happen, but we have a real shot at making being the first team to make the playoffs with two losses. But when you go to a Texas A&M team that's had – one of the worst years they've had in a long time, and you lose that badly, and your mm-hmm. starting quarterback gets hurt, kind of takes all the air out of your team, kind of mm-hmm. out of your season. It's just I I kind of find it hard to believe that LSU is going to come in here super super motivated. Um, Georgia, they know what's on on the line. Um, they want to win. You know, I still think they get in whether if they somehow lost, but Georgia's going to come out. They're going to bring their A game, and I think this game could get ugly before halftime. Yeah, I do too, and I, I I still want to give LSU some credit. Their defensive line is awesome. Um, I don't know how it couldn't really stop A&M. Uh, that's still bewildering to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they do have a really solid defensive front. Um, they give up a lot in the back, though, uh, so you can easily pass on this team. One thing I was reading up, Georgia, one of the pass-happiest football teams in college football, they pass the ball more than Tennessee passes the ball. And That's now, weird. If I told you that, would you believe me? No. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. But they, they pass the ball nearly more than any team in college football. And so I think that's where the mismatch is for um, LSU because LSU's defense is really their identity is in their front seven and not their back, um, mm-hmm. not in their defensive back. So uh, it, it's – it's looking like Georgia has more of an angle here uh, to cover that 17-and-a-half-point spread. Um, that's just gross in every which way. Uh, now, again, I've taken Georgia before, and they've let me down. Yeah, um, I think we all have. And, and they just, they're one of those teams where it's like you, you give them a large spread, and they'll cut, like, this 17-and-a-half, I can see them being some, like, weird number, like 15, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, from a sports betting perspective, 
LSU has 65% of the public money on their tickets. Now, I would not expect that. When Especially I with a backup quarterback? I know. I mean, so and people might so, not have done the research either. That could be a lot of blind betting from people yeah. not knowing. And Daniels should be okay. I, I don't want to be a, come out here and be for certain about anything, but yeah. he should be okay. But I, it's his ankle. And I still think that will inhibit him from running, which is what LSU does best. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, if he can't run, I don't know what they're going to do. And, and, and so the thing about Daniels is he is a super smart quarterback. He has a great football IQ, but he, he relies on his legs and he can't necessarily make the passes that most quarterbacks can. I, I mean, he's feasible and, but he's not going to go out there and, and light up the, um, the box score with 400 passing yards and five touchdowns. So, um, they, their yards per completion is really low, and it, it's it's kind of interesting to see how the LSU offense stacks up um, against against Georgia's defense, um, because LSU, you know, you think that they would be a like heavy heavy rushing team with high rushing ratings, mm-hmm. um, but they're really not. Uh, Jalen, you know, he he does most of the running for this team. He's actually been the leading rusher in numerous games. And so uh, let's assume that that's taken away with the ankle injury and he's limited to just passing. I don't know what this team's really going to do um, because it's not like they have a running back on the roster that goes out and wows anybody either and can, can shoulder a full workload. So I, my model has LSU covering, um, not, not by a lot, just barely. Actually, um, so I, I'm really nervous about this due to the just all of the external factors going into this game. And um, the problem with betting on Georgia, Georgia's side is we've seen Kirby Smart ease off the gas pedal um, as soon as he gets comfortable. And in a game which probably doesn't matter to them that much, they're not going to go like balls to the wall uh, try and light up the scoreboard against this LSU team who's probably going to struggle to score regardless. And so, um, you know, I look at the Tennessee game, for instance. Georgia was up 21-3, to and then they ended up handing the ball off, you know, pretty much consecutively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, like, two passes in the third quarter or something like that. And so um, that that's just proof to me, like, even in those big games where it matters, Kirby Snart's really not worried about going out there and, and having 400 yards for Stetson Bennett and two receivers over 100 yards. Um, he's perfectly fine with running and settling for field goals uh, or winning the the field position battle. And so that's the caveat of betting Georgia, especially at minus 17 and a half. Um, I, I'm not comfortable with that. This is This game is the one that I'm least comfortable touching either one of these lines. And so... Um, I just wanted to point that out there. The the matchup seems nice for Georgia, but again, the way Kirby Smart operates, I'm just not that excited about going out there and, and laying Georgia points. I'm not a lot excited about laying any of these points. Mm-hmm. But um, if I had to pick, I'm picking Georgia due to the matchup and the external factor. I like it. Yeah, and that wraps it up for Georgia LSU. We are going to move on to the ACC. 
ACC game, UNC versus Clemson, both teams coming off just gut-wrenching losses. Clemson lost 31-30 to against USC. Um, USC is the hottest team in football right now. North Carolina, they just lost to North Carolina State and their fourth-string quarterback. So I, I don't think people <laughs> realize that. But UNC – or, excuse me, NC State trotted out their fourth-string quarterback and beat North Carolina. Um, that, that was pretty funny uh, to me. Um, I, I was really surprised by that, the background, something like that happened. But nonetheless, uh, they're still uh, contending for a ACC title. Now, this has no implications, uh, you know, maybe like bowl game eligibility and, you know, maybe Clemson trying to get into like a New Year's Six Bowl versus uh, a non-New Year's Six Bowl. But outside of that, there's really no no drive to win this game other than just bragging rights. And so um, this game is kind of tough to talk about uh, because it's just kind of ugly in every which way. You have two teams, one of which is very offensive-oriented uh, around a freshman QB who's been nothing but electric all year. Um, I think he should be a little higher in the Heisman race. Uh, he's been awesome. Drake May is a stud. Uh, if you haven't watched a game, go watch this game, and you will be – wild in every which way he can he can score in two minutes so um i love him i, I have a lot of confidence in him uh flip it over to clemson um they did have one of the best defenses in, in college football um but they were bumped down to like 19th in the nation in overall defense after that south carolina game um so uh we have a high octane offense going against a very sturdy defense and so one's got to give and i don't know which what like what it's going to be uh, DJ Ugalele, I don't even know how to say his name still. That's how I say it. <laughs> um, you know, he struggled two years in a row. And so um, his struggles seem to only continue. And I don't have any confidence in him going out here and covering seven and a half. I still feel like North Carolina might be able to keep this one close. What do you think? Well, the problem is, one, you've already said it's a gross game. You know, it's weird that we have a Power Five conference championship where I feel like. Pac-12 is usually the odd one out where it's kind of like they don't really have any implications. But ACC, no implications in the playoffs. Seven and a half is a gross spread. That's like one of my least favorite spreads um, in a game that's just – there's no excitement for it. Um, I don't – I can't even give a pick. I mean, if I were inclined to give a pick, I'd probably lean North Carolina here. Uh, I like their offense. Uh, I like what I've seen from them this year. They, they put up points, and they can put up points fast, kind of like what you said. And for a Clemson team that's not playing for anything, motivation, I feel like, will be harder for them than North Carolina because Clemson's used to playing for a playoff spot. And, you know, this is a year where they're not. And North Carolina's not a team usually playing for a playoff spot. So I feel like the motivation factor is definitely on the side of North Carolina. So I kind of I kind of like North Carolina plus seven and a half. I do, too. Um, I, I think this game is going to come down to a field goal uh, in – Again, I really love Drake May. Dude's a beast. Um, he he leads FBS in fourth quarter comebacks. Um, so North Carolina, you know, they're known to to get behind. But man, um, Drake May sure has carried the load when they needed it most. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of the numbers. Defensive success rate. Clemson twentieth in the nation overall. Um, for North Carolina, it's one hundred fifteenth. So um, <laughs> very very bad. Defense there, but uh, again, even even with a horrible defense, I still think they'll be able to manage DJ. 
just because DJ hasn't done anything this year. And so right. um, I, I, I have more confidence in North Carolina's defense pulling something together than I do in, in DJ going out there and lighting up the scoreboard. And so um, I like North Carolina too. Offensive success rate, 13th in the nation overall for North Carolina. And so, again, they're playing uh, lights out football on the offensive side. And so um, in today's league, uh, if it's a high-octane offense versus sturdy defense, I'm taking the high-octane offense just because that's how the rules are structured. So mm-hmm. give me a touchdown. It's, it's you know, it's on some books you can get a plus eight. A lot of them are uh, plus seven and a half. Uh, give me those points, man. I think it's, you know, like a, a five-point game or a seven-point game. So um, I really, really like North Carolina, and the model does too. So model likes it. I like it too. That wraps it up for this uh, AACC Conference Championship projection. We are going to move on to the Big 12. The Big 12 is the most exciting conference championship game outside of Utah versus USC. Uh, TCU's playoff hopes obviously riding on this game. I think that even if – I think if TCU loses, they're out. I know a lot of people are saying that if TCU loses, they're going to be in, but we've already seen how much the committee – doesn't necessarily respect TCU's resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this game is so important for uh, TCU and the Frogs. Um, and again, I am the most excited for this game outside of Utah, USC. And I have this one as my upset alert. Um, I think Kansas State can come in here and absolutely beat the Frogs. Now, I do think the Frogs are destined to win. Man, they've had everything go their way. And so it seems like Lady Luck's on their side. And I'm not going to, like, dog on them. They are playing great football, especially offensively. Max Duggan has been balling out. And so um, I got to give credit where credit's due. TCU has earned this. Um, And if they win, they've earned it, uh, no doubt. But I think if there was one matchup that they did not want, it was Kansas State. Um, And so we'll we'll talk a little bit about the metrics. But what do you think of this game? Uh, Kansas State, I – I like them. They have a really good defense. Um, I watched them earlier in the season. I still can't believe that this is the same Kansas State team that you know lost to a Tulane team early in the season. However, we have seen that Tulane is ten and two. They have had a crazy season, but Kansas State, as the season's gone along, has impressed me. Uh, they're never really known for a team that's you know super in the mix for a Big Twelve title. But uh, TCU. I'm kind of in the boat of if they lose, they're out. I just don't see with, – with this many teams in the race for the playoffs, I, I just don't see TCU getting in without a win. Um, but I am kind of leaning towards Kansas State here too. You know, TCU's had this amazing run, but I just feel like they're bound to fall. They they have had everything go their way. They've won some tough games. However, you know, they – on the other side of it, they're coming off of beating an Iowa State team, what, 62-14 to 14 or something like that. They have a lot of confidence coming in here. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm definitely not going to give an official pick. This is going to be a game that I almost feels like a coin flip. So, I don't know. I don't know. I If I had to pick, I'd probably lean Kansas State, to be honest with you. Wow. I like but, that. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is going to be a game I'm going to watch and enjoy, and, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight, so my feelings aren't going to be hurt either way. Yeah, I, I think that this is the best game on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, Pac-12 is on Friday night, so that's perfect. Just get my weekend started off right. 
Um, but this is a best game on Saturday. Uh, and I think it has the most implications on Saturday. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this game. And man, if I'm Kansas State, I'm loving the idea of playing spoiler. Um, right. So for those of you who don't remember what happened earlier this year, TCU and Kansas State went head to head against each other. Kansas State probably gave TCU the best fight, second best fight, giving Baylor um, until Adrian Martinez got hurt. That's Kansas State starting quarterback. Then Will Howard, second string quarterback, came in. He got hurt. So then Kansas State was playing with their third string quarterback. And now, you know, they still kept it close. And now, uh, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to play. It's not looking likely, but they will have Will Howard, um, their second string quarterback. And so, again, point spread, minus two and a half. The total, 62. Kansas State has a defense that can definitely do well um, in, in containing some of the explosive plays from TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but TCU has a little bit of an underrated defense for a Big 12 team like this. Um, Kansas State, 33rd in the nation in terms of defensive success rate. TCU, 43rd in the nation in terms of defensive success rate. So um, pretty much the, these teams on paper, they look very similar, um, very similar. And so uh, now I know TCU, they they are very explosive offensively. Um, they, they do have uh, quite a bit of um, – Offensive numbers piled up, but their success rate isn't what you would think. 58 in the nation overall in success rate uh, for TCU. Kansas State, 55th in the nation overall in defensive success rate. And so um, this is just an interesting matchup. And Kansas State does have a better defense. Yeah. And I think that that's going to show on Saturday. Now, I think TCU is going to be able to obviously hold Kansas State's uh, second string quarterback, but I think that it will be close. Obviously, Vegas thinks it's close. It's minus two and a half. Um, I wish this was like a three and a half, but again, I think this is more of a pick them rather than a minus two and a half. And similar to the Utah USC situation, Vegas is giving the bid to a team with more on the line and more motivation. And so, um, again, I, I, I like Kansas State a lot. I think they're a great team, very well-rounded. Um, I, I'm i not taking them. I'm not taking Kansas State. I can't get around to taking it. I think TCU is on a Cinderella story, unlike um, anybody else. Mm-hmm. The model likes TCU to cover this game, um, and I'm going to trust that they figure out how to stop Will Howard, the second-string quarterback for Kansas State. Um, and I think that, you know, again, the story continues, and I think TCU earns what they've deserved up until this point. I've doubted TCU for six weeks now, and they've yeah. bitten me in the ass uh, every week since. So um, may, if you're a TCU fan, you're probably pissed, but um, you know may, this could be a fade right here for everybody listening um, You know, because I, I have been against TCU uh, just about every week. But this week, I'm riding with the Horned Frogs. The model likes the Horned Frogs to cover. I'm going to take the Horn Frogs to cover. Mm. Um, that's how we're going to roll. All right. All right. All right. We're going to move on to the Big Ten. I think this is one of the grossest Power Five conference games. Yes. But congrats to Purdue for making it. 
Nobody expected that, <laughs> but they're there. Um, I want to I want to restructure that Big Ten. The one side is way too loaded, and then you have like Iowa and Purdue on the other side fighting for a crowd. Crazy man. I, you know, I really do respect what the Big Twelve has done, where it is just the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage. Right, and that's what so the, I, the American Conference does too. Yeah, I, I wish it was that way. I, I mean, with with growing conferences, we need to start uh, considering getting rid of divisions and just doing the highest two win percentages. So, right, um, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to happen in the SEC. It's going to be more of a pod type thing. Um, but I'm uh I'm I'm excited for some change. I think I think uh obviously we've seen enough in the SEC and the Big Ten where teams that should be in have not gotten in. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. But nonetheless, let's talk about Michigan and Purdue. Michigan obviously riding high uh, from their beatdown of Ohio State. Um, you know, I say beatdown, the scoreboard looks like a beatdown, but in reality, uh again, I said this earlier, five plays, five plays for Michigan totaled over 300 yards. Um, so if Ohio State figures out how to bracket that somehow, uh, think we could be looking at a different game. And so Vegas has this line uh, pretty pretty heavy. So um, I, I know 17.5 on some books, 16.5, and, and even 16 on some other books. Um, this one's being played with a lot. Um, but before we talk uh, sports betting lines, tell me about how you feel about this matchup. Um. I think, see, a lot of people would say that this is kind of a letdown spot for some teams, but um, I definitely think that Michigan's playing with that extra motivation last year, getting crapped on by Georgia in the playoffs. Um, back-to-back years beating Ohio State. Congrats to Michigan. I mean, that's not something that they, that they do very often, obviously. So, But, no, I think Michigan's riding high. I think they're going to come in focused, ready to go. And if you, I would take this. I'm going to lay an official pick. If you can get it at 17 or lower, I, I wouldn't take it above 17. I'm going to ride with uh, Michigan to cover the spread. I don't think Purdue has the weapons or the defense to keep up with Michigan. Uh, I definitely think that Michigan can take care of business and that they are fighting for – because, again, we've kind of talked about it. Michigan could probably lose this and still get in, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I really – I think they solidified their college football playoff bid mm-hmm. after beating Ohio State in the manner – in which they beat Ohio State last week. Right. So, so I just I, I think that you're playing for either the two or four spot. They're going to come in. Still need to win because it's the difference between playing possibly Georgia or TCU. And if you ask anyone, any college football fan, who would you rather play, Georgia or TCU? I think we know the obvious answer. So I still think they have a lot to play for, and I think they are very capable of covering that spread. Well, I do too, but. I, I have some food for thought for you. Mm-hmm. In a game like this, where it's destined to be a low, low-scoring game, um, I know Vegas. Vegas has this as Michigan's team total around 34, uh, 34 and a half, right? Um, and Purdue's around seventeen. So, <clears throat> I, I am very intrigued by this because I think both teams play in a very slow manner. Now, one thing I want to talk about Purdue is they throw the ball a ton, mm-hmm. more than just about any team in, in college football. You know, they're up there with like Georgia, um, but it's not efficient and it's not explosive. Um, it's like a, they run stick routes, out routes, spot routes. Um, 
drag routes just over the middle, mm -hmm. uh, checkdowns pretty much the entire time. And so uh, that was one thing that surprised me because, you know, Purdue uh, always seems to have like an identity of like uh, very well-rounded um, where they can run the ball, but then they throw the ball efficiently and well or mm -hmm. to their tight ends. Um, and so uh, I, w I was very, very surprised by that when I watched them. Um, and I was digging into the numbers. So they throw a lot, but it's not efficient. Uh, and so Michigan, on the other hand, we know how they roll. Um, they love to run. And again, I think those five explosive plays probably aren't going to show up um, on Saturday just because they won't need to. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Blake Horms banged up. So um, Edwards probably going to be getting most of the carries. Michigan runs the ball a ton. Uh, so in a game like this, with a lower total for college football, 51 and a half, high point spread, 16, 16 and a half, 17. Right. Uh, excuse me, depending on which book you get it at. Um, if somebody told me they took Purdue plus 16, I'm fine with that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could see this being more of a 14 point spread, a 13 point spread, you know. Touchdown, two field goals, two touchdowns. Um, I get that. And I think that that's kind of be going to be the game plan of Michigan to just get this game over with, man. They're banged up, so they need to get healthy for the college football playoff. And I think this is going to be just like a burner. They're not going to go out there um, and, and bring it to Purdue. They're not going to go out there and try and shoot for any explosive plays. Um, I, I just would be shocked if that happened. You know, Michigan and Purdue – have one of the lower tier passing explosiveness ratings in college football. So they're not out here throwing deep balls or, you know, um, screen passes that go for 50. So I, I think this game projects for an even lower total than what it shows. And that constrains the amount of points that Michigan can win by, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Now, the only problem is, is that Mich or Purdue may struggle to score at all. That's that's kind of what I was going to say is I, mm -hmm. I I have a hard time seeing Purdue scoring like even over 10 points. You know what I mean? Like we, we've seen mm -hmm. them be held to three points to 10 points. And a lot of that is just Big 12 or Big 10 football. You know, they're more rooted in defense. But I just I don't see Purdue lighting up the scoreboard. And Michigan could cover that spread by only scoring like mm -hmm. 24 points. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I mean, so I, I mentioned the passing explosiveness, but just the offensive explosiveness rating in general are both lower tier. Michigan has a right. little bit higher. Um, I think that honestly could be skewed from last week's game. Five plays going for 300 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty dang explosive. So we've seen that can happen, but um, the magic is not necessary for this game. And so um, I could see this game being like a 27 to 13 type game. Um, so, uh, I, if I had to pick, I'm taking Purdue points just because I think it's a little much. Um, I don't think Michigan's going to come out here and try and score every, every possession. I think they're just want to, they want to get through this game and get it over with. Um, you know, both defenses are really well. Purdue 26 defensive success rate in the nation, Michigan 10, um, offense, a little more lopsided for Purdue, Michigan, Michigan's got ninth in the nation. Purdue's got 54th. Uh, so again, this is like a 17 or 16 point spread, uh, for w depending on which Vegas book you bet it on. Uh, the model has it a little bit closer and lower scoring than, um, what Vegas is giving. So 
Uh, if I had gun to my head, I had to take, I'm taking Purdue in the points. Um, 34% of the public is on Purdue tickets. 66 is on Michigan. Um, this line really hasn't moved much. Uh, it's wavering 16, 17, um, but it hasn't broken there. So um, I, I, I think if I'm personally going to take it, I'm taking Purdue. Okay. All right. Next up, let's talk AAC. UCF plays Tulane. Tulane's one of the hottest teams in football right now. They just beat a really good Cincinnati team last week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more your specialty. Tell me about how you feel this game. Uh, man, you or Tulane, uh, being in the American Athletic Conference, uh, playing against them for several years, they are definitely not the team that you would expect to rise out of the American and perform at such a high level. I mean, you know, they, as I said earlier, they beat Kansas State this year. And we all know Kansas State is a very good football team. Um, UCF also, um, I mean, they're living up to their their new standards where nine, ten wins a season is kind of what they expect, especially, you know, with Gus Malzahn taking over. He's kind of picked up where Heupel left off. Um, Tulane is, as much as I hate to say it, they're probably more of a one-year wonder. So I think this means more to them than it would to UCF because Tulane, they know they're not going to have many opportunities at having a team that's as strong as this. So I think I think UCF won the, the first matchup, thirty-eight to thirty-one. I remember, yeah, I remember watching that. So UCF won thirty-eight thirty-one the first time, but we talked about it. It's hard to beat a team twice, you know. Earlier I said that Utah is going to win twice. I think Tulane is going to pull this one out. They have home field advantage. Um, I got the opportunity to go to Tulane this year and watch them destroy my Tigers, and they had a crowd on them, man. If that if that place is sold out for a conference championship, I it's I mean it's not gonna be the most hostile environment, but it's definitely gonna help. And I think that Tulane has the offense to keep up with UCF, and I also think that Tulane's defense is better than UCF. Um, I kind of like Tulane here. What, what's the spread? Is it minus two? Um, it opened up at minus three and a half, but okay. it's now minus three, minus two and a half on some books. Okay. Well, minus two and a half to minus three, I am laying two lane points. I want to see the Green Wave play in a New Year's Day Bowl. They, they deserve it, man. I mean, what what two lane fan would ever believe that, hey, man, we're going to go to a New Year's Day Bowl this year in football? Yeah, it's possible. And, I mean, I even saw some bowl projections where Tennessee – Play Tulane, right? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not too excited about that. If we, if we do, Um, (laughs) Tulane's a good team, man. They're a good team. So, one thing I want to talk about though is a little bit of narrative around this game. Um, Now, two and a half point spread. um, It seems like it's the common theme in these conference championship games. Mm -hmm. Um, And and one thing I want to mention: Do you think? That Coach Willie for Tulane mm-hmm. is going to be shipped off somewhere and maybe a Power Five team and a coaching uh, coach opening. You know, I haven't really heard too much about it. Um, is there speculation already or something? Yeah, there, there's a little bit of speculation. Not not about a particular job, uh-huh. but that he he's his name is one of the first mentioned. Um, oh yeah, obviously. Well, Rightfully so. Yeah. So I, I'm curious if this is like a, a Lane Kiffin narrative or a Luke Fickle narrative where 
Um, everybody knows what's going on and there's mm-hmm. just like, what, what the hell, what, what am I doing playing for this guy anymore? This sucks. Like vibes are really bad. So I was curious, um, maybe it's an AAC insider. If you had a little bit more knowledge on that and if that is a narrative that could really play into this game. So the thing is, is that narrative can absolutely play into it. Um, see with 2019, when Memphis, when we made the cotton bowl, Mike Norvell obviously left us for Florida state. It's all about how the players respond. If the players unite and respond around the interim head coach, it's all about who you name interim head coach. If you name a guy that's easy to rally behind, I think this team can still go out there and fight. And and again, it's kind of like a team that's never going to be in this situation again, probably for at least for a long time. I think that there's still so much to play for, regardless of whether you know your coach is leaving or not. It's kind of it's it's just all about how the team and the individual players respond. I think the Tulane's going to go out there and play. I hadn't heard any speculation about Tulane's head coach, um, and I'm kind of pretty in the loop with the American teams and what's going on. Uh, I don't think it'll be a factor in this game. You know, it could be down the line for whether they play in the Cotton Bowl or not. But I think I think Tulane's all eyes and they're all focused for this game. Yeah, I, I you know I would hope so, and that even if a coach is leaving that they would want to still perform and perform well, especially uh, on the coaches end. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I I will say, I know Tulane is favored in this game, and I know a lot of uh, people are projected, projecting Tulane to win. Um, I I kind of love UCF plus three. Uh, My model has UCF plus three. Um, They actually have UCF winning by three and a half. Uh, so I, I'm personally going to take UCF and, uh, here's why just looking at the numbers, defensive success rate for a two lion, uh, more on the bottom tier, uh, 80th in the nation overall UCF's offense is way more efficient and way more successful than two lanes, two lanes. I mean, they've had a, you know, really solid offense, um, all year. And so that's not really been an issue, but UCF, as we know, is more explosive, and more Mm -hmm. successful. Um, in both the running and passing game. And so when I look at the box score and I look at the numbers and the efficiency ratings, uh, everything's kind of telling me UCF may may be able to get this and pull this out. Um, they just have to get ahead first. And so uh, if UCF and Gus Malzahn can get the ball first and uh, stick to a game plan, and if that game plan goes accordingly, then I think UCF wins. Now, um, Tulane, again, they, they wreak havoc, and um, if you watch any of their games, I think uh, it's been kind of all over the place, and they're kind of the kings of um, going on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know the Memphis game, when I watched that one, they started off really, really hot. They were up, and then all of a sudden, they kind of let Memphis come right back into it. So um, and I know this two-lane defense is all over the place, so uh, I'm very curious to see how that holds up. Now, we talked about the numbers. I, I gave you who I liked, and I gave you who the model liked. Mm-hmm. The public loves Tulane. Eighty-six percent of the tickets are on Tulane. Fourteen percent on UCF. That's honestly very shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's not just the blind betting too, where you know UCF won the first matchup. It's the name, just like the name sense. You know, when you hear who's going to win UCF or Tulane, and it's football. I mean, you know, every season, nine times out of ten, you're picking UCF. So that is very surprising to see that. 
I am, I am very shocked. Yeah. And I think that some of the recency bias comes in because UCF lost to Navy two weeks ago. They um, did. And they almost lost to South Florida. Did you see that? The South Florida. Yeah. Game? It was 46 to 39. I think. Um, yeah, South you know, Florida was, was winning a, with two minutes left. Right. And that was a against the spread loss for UCF as well. So, um, I think there's some recency bias coming in, mm-hmm. uh, but I think UCF would love to play spoiler. I think they can. I like their offensive success rate going against this defense. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game as well. Uh, surprisingly so, because normally it's hard for me to get excited about, um, you know, a, a two lane team. Uh, I never thought I would uh, be be ready for it, but man. Uh, for some reason, this game, I think it's going to be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, looking forward to it. I think UCF is going to cover that plus three. You think Tulane is going to cover? I'm very excited for it. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, uh, model picks are out. Um, that wraps it up for the conference championship games that we're going to talk about on the show. Um, we will have, again, all the model picks are out on my Twitter, at Harrison 14 and the matchup reports for the given conference championships mm-hmm. um, we will continue to tweet some stuff out and be looking out for college basketball content i got them coming um, i got coming i got college basketball picks coming so y'all be on the lookout turn on notifications for twitter because again they might come out like earlier in the day like harrison said spreads are so difficult with college basketball yeah. um so i might tweet it out you know a few hours before the game i might tweet it out 10 minutes before the game so make yeah. sure if you want to be updated to have the notifications turned on for our twitter account and I promise you, we will have some of those coming soon. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Some exciting stuff. I'm uh, so ready for college basketball content as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally got a good dosage of games this past week over the holiday week. And, it, you know, it's awesome. I, I just always forget how awesome college basketball is. So, mm-hmm. um, looking forward to that. I uh, appreciate you guys listening in. Again, follow us on Twitter. and That's where you can find all of our picks um in the past again fully transparent um that is at little underscore teasers and follow us both on twitter on our personal twitters on that there as well but again appreciate you coming out talk to you next week Later.